posters up in the in the school that were um, they were like, hey, there's this movie Saving Private Ryan, um, which I, at the time I was like, what a dumb name for a movie. Everybody's faking until they make it, you know. Yeah. Every, everybody in every industry, I feel like about Method Man. Working with him has been s such a pleasure. He's 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 like he's the real deal. Like I have a feeling that Cooper Sacks is going out in a body bag. <laughs> You know, I grew up with uh, three brothers, so there's four of us, uh, four boys. It was a little nutty. Uh, I grew up in <laughs> a little, little tiny farm town up in Washington State, um, sagebrush and rolling hills and uh, lakes and stuff like that. It was, it was great. I mean, it was all I knew. Um, and uh, you know, I grew up thinking I was going to be a baseball player. Okay. That's, <laughs> that's what I thought so, was going to happen, and it didn't. Um, are you still into baseball? Are you like a huge baseball fan? You know what? Right now, I'm. I you know, I'm a dad now, so I've got a wife and uh, two boys. My nice, own. congrats. Thank you. And so my 14 year old, who's like a giant already. I mean, for a 14 year old, he's like <laughs> he's like five ten or five eleven, and he's he's playing football and so okay. um so we've been all about football and my wife is from kansas city so we're all about the chiefs <laughs> right now we're all about the chiefs and we're hating on the buccaneers you know what i mean <laughs> you got it. i think we all kind of hate the buccaneers a little bit um and it's pretty but... impressive and and not to not to take this in a different direction but if you haven't seen man in the arena the whole tom brady thing it, it, i haven't watched it yet oh man it, it's it's pretty wild. Love him or hate him, it's like an incredible journey that yeah. he's, he's been on. So when you when you decided, or did you decide to go into acting, the acting find you? Like how did how did that work out? When did that happen? Well, you know, when I was a kid, I was always really I was always really into entertaining people, making making people laugh. Mainly, it wasn't like serious, you know. It's it, it was making people laugh. I I used to do a bunch of imitations and stuff, and mm -hmm. you know. Don Rickles stuff, <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> and, I was a kid and, I, and and people really enjoyed that, and and I it made me feel good. But it was when I was fourteen, um, I did a somebody talked me into doing a play, and I was, mm. hey, I'll tell you what, I'll do your stupid play as long as I don't have <laughs> any lines. I don't want any lines, and I don't want to be on stage for very long. Um, but but I'll do it. And he was like, okay, so it was you're a good man, Charlie Brown. And I oh, wow. I played Tumbleweed, uh, Snoopy's cousin, and all I would do was roll across the stage <laughs> like every once in a while, and it was gonna kill. I was like, oh, this is gonna be awesome. I'm literally just doing somersaults across the stage. <laughs> and then three days before we opened, the guy that was playing Snoopy got shit canned, and um, the director was like, Dude, we, we need you to step up. And so I played Snoopy, which, and that was kind of the the beginning of it because, I mean, it just, you know, listen, looking back, on, I actually have a VHS tape of it. I was pretty terrible. I was pretty terrible. But the girls loved it. And, you know, it was, 
people loved it. And so I was like, oh man, I'm awesome. And, and then I've seen the tape and I was like, dude, what, what you thought was happening and what was actually happening was totally different things. It's, it's but, not the same place. But, but you know what? It got me inspired. And, um, and so then I went on and got a scholarship. And this is obviously why I kind of didn't pursue the baseball thing. I, I tried out for the, you know, for the Mariners and stuff like that. I was take, taking baseball pretty seriously, but, mm -hmm. but I got a full ride scholarship for acting and went on to study, just went to study acting and coming out of my town, like nobody was doing that and nobody was yeah. doing it or getting scholarships. And, you know, it was kind of, um, my way of honestly, of getting educated originally, um, okay. cause nobody else in my family really went to a, you know, a four year college like that ever. Yeah. So it was a pretty big deal. All right. So not that you put uh, baseball on the back burner, but you made that decision as a as a kid, which is it's challenging because it's like you have dreams on one hand and then opportunity on the other one. Um, when you when you let go, did you let go of baseball, or do you feel like you just kind of? Yeah, I, you know, I did um, when I was a senior, and once I had, I was trying out for uh, the Mariners and also. Uh, you know, auditioning for, for colleges at the same time. So it was about that time that it was like, hey, you're going to college now. What are you going to do with your life? Now, right. I didn't I didn't necessarily realize that I could have really done both for a while and continued those. But the reality is, is it was kind of an equal passion at that point. For, mm -hmm. You know, the acting and the baseball were kind of equal passions. And, and realistically speaking, I don't know that I was good enough at baseball. Um, I mean, I was good. Don't get me wrong. I had like the highest batting average in, in, in the whole region, and, and I was we were winning championships up there and stuff. So I was good, but I wasn't. I wasn't like, you know, exploding onto people's radar like I right. could have been at that age. Gotcha, gotcha. So, so I just I went with the acting thing, and, and part of it was that the school I was going to, they just had, they had a team, but it wasn't. You know, they weren't offering any. It was Whitman College. It's a tiny little liberal arts college. And yeah. Their baseball team was like, hey, guys, you want to play baseball? It was like, you know. <laughs> Coming out of school, what was your first acting job? Well, it was when I was still in school. I, I, I went and studied abroad at Lambda in London. Okay. Uh, my What would have been my junior year of college. Um, I auditioned for the, the program and got in there. And so I went over to London, studied there for a year. As I, while I was there, I, um, I there was a, they were put, there were posters up in the, in the school that were, uh, they were like, Hey, there's this movie Saving Private Ryan. Um, which I, at the time I was like, what a dumb name for a movie. <laughs> I mean, now everybody's heard it, but at the time I was like, Saving Private Ryan. I mean, could you come up with, you know, but regardless, I went and auditioned for that. Um, and then I remember, I, I, it was literally my first real audition. Um, so, you know, I was pretty naive. And so I actually just called up the casting office before I left and I said, Hey, so I know I auditioned for this a few weeks ago, but like, should I stick around because I'm getting ready to head back to the States? And they were like, no, 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 it's okay. Go ahead. Go back to the States, right. buddy. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> so, so anyway, so I left, I, of course I land in, I land in Washington state. And then the next day they called me and they said, Hey, we need you back here. So 
Um, so then I spent like, you know, three weeks in Ireland filming, um, filming Saving Private Ryan. Which to have that as like your first acting job is huge. Um, it's pretty awesome, man. <laughs> it's, it's ironically, it's one of my favorite movies. Um, I love like war movies and that one is just, I think that one is insane. Like that and Full Metal Jackets just kind of like does it for me. Yeah. Yeah, um, pretty cool to be a part of it. Yeah. Obviously, I was a very small part of it. But, <laughs> but regardless, but, but regardless, it's a memorable part of the movie. And um, and it was, uh, you know, getting to work with Tom Hanks and, um, and all the other guys that were part of that at that point in the movie, the beginning of the movie. And um, and work with Spielberg for your first you know first time out was pretty pretty spectacular. Yeah, most people that I talk to that interview that are actors say when they step on to like their first big set, it's overwhelming. You're kind of like, why am I here? And did you get that emotion? Like, I don't belong here. Like, this is way too big. You know, it, it's interesting. I feel like a lot of people um, feel like a fraud. You know, um, a lot of people, and, and probably in, in damn near every industry, probably people are like, seriously, they're letting me do this and they're paying me. Um, but yeah. so, so there's a degree of that. But the reality is it's, it's interesting coming from the tiny little town that I came from. And this was just kind of a life lesson. I remember thinking, oh, um, man, I'm going to college now and everybody's going to be so trained and like really serious about this and now this is like real competition this is going to be you know I, i'm going to be a fish out of water here i'm going to be i'm going to be it's you know i'm going to be drowning in, in this all everybody else's talent and then i went there and it was like oh this is this is no big deal mm -hmm. and then when i got into london to at the place in london i was like oh my god now this is real because people had to audition to get in here and these are they're they're picking from from thousands of people they're picking 30 people to do this program it's going to be the best of the best i'm gonna i'm gonna be like i can't believe I, they let me into this thing and then i got there and i'm like what this is fuck, okay and and then when i went to la when i moved to la i was like okay but these are where the professionals are at like i mean this is going to be and, and it's the same thing you know i moved to la and i'm like oh come on so my point is is Everybody's faking it till they make it, you know? Yeah. Every, everybody in every industry, I feel like, you know, everybody tries to act in interviews all perfect. Not these interviews, I'm talking about like job interviews where they, they act all professional and serious. And you know the kind of crap that they're doing at home. <laughs> you know? So it's like, it's the truth. It's, we're, we're all just people. And I, so I feel like I have kind of, I mean, granted, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm older now. I'm like one of the senior statesmen on our show now. Um, but, but looking back on it, it's, it's like, there's room for all of us, man. We all belong. There's so much work out here. There's, if, if you have the dream and you stick to it and you, you persevere, you will win. The only reason people fail in this business, I think, is because of lack of support, family and friends and people that you love kind of going like, what are you doing? Like that kind of crap, uh, which you have to like silence and get out of your space. Yeah. But handle those people and go, hey, no, 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 this is what I'm doing. Support me. And people mm -hmm. giving up. Yeah. People giving up. I, when I started this thing, I'd walk into auditions. There'd be a thousand guys that I was like, oh, crap. 
they look just like me and they all can act and they all, you know, and five years later, that thousand turned into a hundred. Five years after that, it was 20. And now there's like five of us from that original group, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah. This is a hard city. I mean, it's a, not even just being a hard city. I think the industry of entertainment is very fickle at times and you you have to have perseverance and you have to push through but it's just there's a lot of rejection and if your self-esteem isn't strong like it's very easy to get discouraged well and there's and there's a lot of stuff that seems very personal yeah that, that is not necessarily personal but it feels personal like you know when i when i was 22 when i first moved to la it was like i was a 22 year old handsome dude all-american white kid from farm town it was like oh hey here's opportunities just like you know audition like crazy and then as you get older they're like mm -hmm. yeah, yeah you know nobody wants to see you right now you know that's what i hear <laughs> that's what i hear it's like ah, you know what you, you had your yeah. minute. you had your minute like you're done like take it take a seat and um and it's like well wait a second but i have so much more to give and they're like okay 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 <laughs> you know <laughs> so, so you know, there becomes a point where you really have to know what you're about and yeah, and be after it for yourself and and not let anything dissuade you from from what you're about. I love that power, <clears throat> power, the insanity of power, the insanity of power. Um, one, how did how did you get into the role, um, like into the series, just to start? When you, when you took the role, did you look at it like these fans are going to hate me and I need to get ready for the impact of what that's going to look like on my life? <laughs> you know, I'll say I've made a career of prior to power. Almost all of my, my jobs uh, were, except for the fi film jobs. Film jobs were a little bit different because it's a different kind of narrative than TV. But most of my, my guest star work on TV I was mm -hmm. like a killer, uh, a pedophile, uh, a lunatic. I was I was always killing somebody or being killed by somebody, <laughs> or raping somebody, or molesting somebody, or it was it was constant. Like so, I was like, oh, all right. So when so when this came along, first of all, originally I auditioned for Tommy, which was, I mean, it's funny because when I when I got the audition for this. I was like going, I could really use this job right now. I was I had a family and two little kids and I was kind of like struggling a little bit. And I was going, okay, well, this isn't really my casting, but let me put on Tommy. Let me figure this out to be Tommy. And so I went in and I threw down as best I farm boy could for Tommy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and it, was, it was enough. And as strangely, actually, the baseball connection is, is the reason I got in the door on this job was because Vicki Thomas, who cast the original Power, cast the movie 42. Mm. I was like this close. I wasn't in that movie, but I but because I played baseball and I had gone in and I I was this close to being in that movie playing some like one of the racist pricks in that movie. And, mm -hmm. um, and so when this came around, she was like, oh, that guy's, you know, she brought me back in for, for power on the heels of that. And so I went in for Tommy 
I, that's when I met Courtney and, and some of the other producers. And then, um, and then I didn't hear shit for like three weeks. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and then they brought me back in for Greg Knox, which was played by Andy Bean, like Angela's boyfriend. Mm -hmm. um, and I was like, okay, well, this is kind of more in the ballpark. This, you know, kind of goody two shoes, all American, you know, prick. You know, he wasn't a prick actually. A kind of good goody two shoes kind of guy. Yeah, and I was like, it's kind of closer, but it's not totally my casting, but it's more, more. And then I didn't hear anything for another few weeks. And then they sent me the breakdown for this, which was like, you know, privileged, highly educated prick and all stuff. And you know, I was like, well, this is my casting, you know, <laughs> and it's funny because that's not who I am at all. Like, right. It's not my background. It's not my, I grew up in a trailer park, man. So like, it, it's not, it's not who I am at all, but I, but that's irrelevant when it comes to casting. It's when they, it's, it's about how you walk through the door and what they see and what they hear and the vibe that you put off. And, and so I was like, all right, this is my, this is my part. And, um, and at that point, clearly they were trying to find something for me too, because they, they liked what I was doing. They just, just didn't quite jive with the right role yet. Right. And um, in that first year, I was like, a, I was uh, basically like a recurring um, guest star. I wasn't a regular on the show yet until season two. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, um, you know, it was this, I mean, realistically speaking, man, power has been in the power universe has been the absolute biggest blessing of my, of my career. Um, and you, and, and you, I think you asked if I knew it was going to be this sort of a thing. Um, no. And the reason I was telling you about my past and my resume a bit there was because I didn't originally think that the fans, you know, would care or would, yeah. would engage with us this way. But, you know, with the advent of, of Twitter and Instagram and the access that people have and the voice, the, the real voice that people get to have, um, is, is amazing. It's amazing that you can be at home or in a movie theater and be like, you know, blown out by something and go, Bro, <laughs> what were you thinking, man? Send. And it's and then maybe potentially the dude at the other, you know, Schwarzenegger at the other end of it goes, hey, thank you for watching. And you're like, hey, it's Schwarzenegger. <laughs> right. It becomes a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, and listen, I've had that. I've watched things where I've been really, really impressed by an actor, and I and and I I become I don't want to say I become a fan because I'm in the business, they're a peer, but I but I, I'm a fan, and I and I'll yeah. reach out and go, hey, you know, I, I have to tell you, and just lay out my compliments or whatever, and almost always they I get a response from people, and 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 so it's it's wild to have this access and at first I didn't get what was going on I was like why everybody hates me everybody's saying all these <laughs> awful things to me like that I should die and that they want to stab me and and uh, that I suck and all these things and, and 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 really personal things and then also character driven things like you need to leave them alone you need to back off you know all these sorts of things and they're like, well, <laughs> stop. I'm not writing this <laughs> but like, uh, but as I engage with people, which I try to engage with most people, um, they it immediately turns because they, yeah. I think people just really enjoy sort of blurring the lines between what's real and what's not, and 
at the, but at the end of the day, the second I engage with somebody, of course they know that it, that it's that I'm not that Cooper Sacks, right? Um, but it's fun to kind of to treat it that way. It's yeah, you know, an audience, and um, and so I, it's it's been pretty pretty awesome. And so now when I get hate mail, which is daily, um, <laughs> I I just like hey, that actually that gives me a rise in a good way. It makes me kind of go hey, I'm doing my job and and people are responding when people stop responding when there's silence that's when i'm kind of like hey what, what's going on you know right and that's the thing it's like it's if you if you're a fan of the show you hate sax like you hate them and it's just and it's only ironically like the maybe first two seasons and then after that it's almost like you realize you're hating the person that's trying to do the right thing and then you you start having that conflict in your own head like but he actually is right. Like, Ghost is a horrible person and he needs to be in jail. But you don't want to see Ghost fall and go to jail. So it's like you turn, it's it's weird. You you become a part of the bad side and you want to see the bad side win. And it's just like, you hate the good side. It's pretty amazing. I've always been so impressed with Courtney and uh, um, and the, the all the writers in the writer's room, but Courtney, Courtney's ability to kind of really guide your attention and yeah. guide who you're rooting for um, because in the biggest the biggest mind you know uh, and I don't know if we're swearing on here but you know the biggest like you're fine the biggest mind fuck that happened for me was when we were wrapping up power and and there was talk of like hey they're doing a Tariq spinoff and they came and Courtney came to me and she's like, how do you feel about being on the Tariq spinoff? And I was, of course, like, 100%, yeah. And then I, and then it's when she walked away, I was like, everybody fucking hates Tariq. Why, what, what are we doing a Tariq spinoff for? Like, that's gonna, I was like, what? what? Now, now if, you, if they came, which is what I thought was gonna happen, and they're like, oh, and they're gonna do a Tommy spinoff too. And I'm like, well, yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but with the Tariq thing, but I tell you what, season six of Power, there's a gentle shift and you start to kind of go, oh, I see, I see what this kid's about. And I see that the reason he's the way he is is because of that guy and this pressure and look at how his own dad is betraying him and saying, you should turn yourself in and, and call him mm -hmm. and call him a punk and treat him dismissive. And, um, and so then by the end of Power, you're kind of like, Man, I might still kind of hate Tariq, but um, but you understand it. But I get it. And then once we did see, started doing season one, it's like you're, the audience all of a sudden loves Tariq, and you're like, how did we get here? What? <laughs> <laughs> how did we get? It's like I watch it now, and I'm just like, Tariq, all of this is your fault. Like all of this is your fault. Everyone that's dead and in jail and everything, everything is Tariq's fault. And it's just kind of like. You look at it that way, then you realize there's so many other moving parts around the show that he's just, he's responding the way that any, I guess, kid would. He's and surviving. He's surviving. Yeah, and he's, you almost forget that he's a kid. He's also looking out for, you know, the difference is, is before everything he touched was, every choice Tariq made for five seasons was, was wrong. Everything right. he did led to somebody dying, led to a horrible situation for his family or his sister or, or somebody. It was always the wrong decision. 
And then, and he was being led by honestly not having information. He was a kid going, who am I? What am I about? Who is my dad? What is my legacy? And he wasn't given any information. And, mm -hmm. and as he started to gain the information, you know, through Kane and then through other ways, he started to kind of formulate who he, who he is yeah. and, and understand what he's a product of. And, and then as he learned the game from his mom and from Kanan, basically, um, you know, he's, he's now making, he's basically, it's basically the way I look at it. It's kind of ghost is, is kind of an origin story in a way, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, this season, like you're basically you're, you're side by side with Method Man. Um, who, like I'm, he he shocks me every time I see him in an acting role. Like I think he gets better with everything he does. Now your character is almost like trying to play the good guy and doing the right thing, and now you're becoming the victim of the bad guys again. So how do you? How do you take that turn and how does it how does it feel now being in that part of the character of again trying to do the right thing and seeing all the, the mess around it yeah well first of all i'm with you man about method man working with him has been such a pleasure he's 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 like he's the real deal and he's not only is he talented he's just great great energy fun um shows up and works hard and, and we have a, a lot of uh fun working together and i think that he's a formidable enough presence that it really makes me keeps me on my toes and makes me really sort of have to step up yeah um, it, it is it is very strange to now be on the other side where um you know being a prosecutor for so long it was like it was kind of being the hunter right mm -hmm. constantly on the hunt and they just keep getting away they just keep getting away and now i'm on the defense and it's like i'm being asked to defend people that i know are guilty and that i know i shouldn't be defending and based based on the way i built you know I've been, i was i was spent a long time sort of building this prosecutor right um, and now it's like trying to uh trying to reframe it and and work for the other side now is is just sort of like doesn't quite jive with Cooper's yeah. spirit, you know, and so it's um it's and it's also strange because I'm I'm being asked to by method by by Davis McLean to um, to ignore so much, you know? right? Hey, like right. even right now in these episodes, right now, what? Like, don't ask him this. Don't ask him that. You don't want to know. You don't want to know if he's guilty. You don't want to know these. And I'm like going, wait, how can we? So you say <laughs> that we know is guilty of, you know, and so it's, um, but I do think one of the things I do think that's been interesting about my character is that over the years, it went from kind of being a little bit more, I don't want to say clinical because it wasn't clinical, but it was just kind of straight, like straight laced within the wall. He was a jerk and all that and a thorn in Angela's side and all that, but he really was like, I want justice. I want justice. Right. And I won't, and I would never compromise my ethics, my personal moral code. And then season four or five, it was like, you know what? A guy can only have so many L's. And and working inside the bounds of the law was just not cutting it. So I was like, well, let's just like let's just push it a little bit, 
We just mm -hmm. plant this thing. I'm only doing it because I know he's guilty. Right. So I, can, I can sleep at night. I'm actually trying to get justice. Um, and then it's just continued to get, you know, build to the point where it, Cooper Sacks gets a gun and goes, I'll just handle this myself. <laughs> you know? um, and, and now he's kind of putting and trying to put himself back together in, in a different way. And I think the addition of last year, the addition of my family mm -hmm. uh, with my niece and, and the family stuff kind of shed a different light on Cooper for me as well. Like not just for yeah. the audience, but for me, I was like, oh, this is why Cooper's built this way. And and then you sort of start to see him as a father figure. And now you're starting to see him as he's got a romantic side. He's got this love interest. And so everything is so much more layered and complicated and has so much more foundation and depth to it. that it's been, it's been really fun to play. It's been really yeah. fun to see it. And I, and I feel like it's, it's less, it's less just direct and it's more, everything's so much more layered now. Yeah, I mean, it's it's weird because when you when you look at the show, it's like every character, like you said, everyone is trying to survive in their own way, in the way that they know how to survive best. And that just clashes with the next person. But everyone's just trying to, like, get through whatever that situation is. Yeah, it's it's a crazy dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's built in a way, that, you know, um, one of the things that Courtney's really great at sort of putting a theme out for the year and um and in turn it's sort of laced into the storylines and mm -hmm. you know betrayal was one for a while mm -hmm. um consequences is a big theme um it's like i like to look at it like this for the show and this is true for a lot of the characters like what are you willing to do to get what you really want. What are you willing to, what are you willing to really do to get what you want? Um, and then, are you willing to accept the consequences of those actions? Right? Because mm -hmm. that's, you could like look at almost every character and, and link that up with them in this season. Because um, everybody's out for something. And then, right. okay, can you sleep at night? Are you willing to pay the piper for this? You know? Um, so, it's uh, you know, it's one of those shows where you love people, you hate people, bodies are gonna fall, um, and you know, consequences are gonna be. <laughs> when you look at the the power verse, power universe, and basically, like there's there's boundless opportunities at this point to continue going. How long do you stay in? Is it like a, as long as absolutely possible kind of thing? Or do you think your character at some point like kind of washes out? Yeah, I mean, I think realistically speaking, um, I feel like at some point, I would, I would like to think that it would be a big buildup prior to that moment, especially because I've been a part of this for so long that to yeah. just kind of go out with a whimper would be like, what um so i don't know if it's like building up into something on, on tommy's show or building up into some big you know season four sort of a uh a thing i i'm not really sure i i uh i do think that it would the way i see i don't see cooper sacks going out necessarily 
with like, oh, hey guys, this is the last season of the show now, it's season six or something. Mm -hmm. and, um, and then, okay, the show's over and it's like, oh man, what an incredible series. Like I have a feeling that Cooper Sacks is going out in a body bag, <laughs> you know? I, sadly, I do as well. Um, <laughs> I don't want him to kill you all, but I, I feel it. I don't think it's going to be a Cooper Sacks move to Washington. I don't, I don't think that's. I don't think they're gonna let you leave like that. <laughs> you it's, it's funny because there. I remember when there was season. I think it was episode eight of season six when uh, Tommy and Ghost break into my apartment and and I'm like you know having a good time there with some porn or something and they come in and put a bag over my head and beat me and I I think I'm done right. Yeah. But as Shane. When I got that script, you know, I'd always heard like, oh yeah, Courtney will, Courtney will reach out a, a, a week or so, or a few ahead, a few weeks maybe ahead of time, and kind of be like, hey, so uh, listen, I just wanted to let you know that in this next episode, it's happening. And, right. Um, and so I'm sitting there reading that, reading that scene, going like, she, I, she didn't even call me. <laughs> <laughs> See, I can't believe, it. And, and, and then you know, uh, Ghost of all people, basically, kind of does a stay of execution for me and um, and walks away. And so, you know, in some respects, you know, Tommy wanted to kill me. And yes. In, in some respects, I think it would be, um, I think it would be pretty interesting as a fan of the show, if somehow I end up over on, on Force, uh, like season three of Force or maybe four of Force or something like that. Mm -hmm. Where where I'm on the I'm back in the game to get to get Tommy, and it's kind of full circle. He finally gets his opportunity to take me out. That would be insane. I think people would love it. That would be insane. I think it would be. I could see it. I could see it being. Um, you know, I just I just think that I think the I think the fans of the show, the real fans of the show, would be like, yes. Finally, yeah. And then, and then, and then, by the way, I do think I do think that that next year they'd be like, you know what? I kind of miss that guy. <laughs> <laughs> like, see, Sax, you should have left him alone. You would have been fine. And then, after I was like, when you were, when you're dead, like Sax would have never let this happen. <laughs> and then, yeah, it's, I mean, it's just you, you need you do need those people to uh, to kind of hate, right? So yeah. When, when they kill me off the show, if they kill me off the show, that next year they'll have to find somebody to fill those shoes, you know, yeah. to sort of fill that that part of the story, you know. No, absolutely. What's um What's next for you? Or I mean, I know because this is happening right now, so we don't want to jinx it. Um, what's like a like future goal, big goal, something that you want to kind of push forward to? Well, one thing that I'm working on right now is um, I'm, I'm writing a project that uh, that I really want to produce and um, and kind of use my network of, mm -hmm. of awesome producers, directors, actors that I that I've now, you know, that I now have after 20, geez, let's see, after 20, almost 30 years of this business. Wow. Yeah, I mean, 
it's, it'll be it's 28, 28 years I've been doing this professionally, which is crazy. So, so you know, what I would like to do is get it, get it made, and I feel like this is the. I feel like you know we are well, regardless. Like what you're doing right here is what I what I'm talking about, which is that you're you're making something happen. You're you're making your content. You're you're creating, yeah. you dream something up and you make it happen. And, yeah. And you pursue it and, and flush flush it out and and that's what I need to do. Uh, next, I think that's something I'm excited about. Um, I'm at a point in my career and in my path where, like, I want to work on specific kind of projects with people mm -hmm. that I love working with. Like, at this point, it's like I just want to have fun and yeah. something worthwhile with people that I love and respect and and that I that I feel like uh, are like family. I mean, I can't think of anything more exciting than to go make some really great movie with people that every day I'm like I can't wait to get to set with these people and, yeah um, and I feel like we're in a we're in a place now that we weren't when I started the, in the business we're in a place now where we can really make quality content for mm -hmm. you know reasonable a reasonable budget and and there are avenues for you to take your content you know it used to be if you're gonna make a movie you take it to the market basically you get a few shots and kind of trying to sell it and then if it doesn't sell you're kind of like okay I guess that movie didn't get sold right and, and damn it right you, you do the festival circuit and you know maybe you win a couple of awards and try to get a little attention but then that's it there's like no money in it right you just wasted that money and now yeah. I feel like if you make quality good if you make a good sh a good movie and or a good show but if you make a good movie and not, not even great just just a good movie Mm -hmm. You're gonna you're gonna find a a way to kind of go Hulu, Amazon, Netflix, HBO, Showtime, Stars. You know you're gonna find an avenue, a place, yeah. to and um, and you're gonna find an audience. And so that's that's what I'd really like to do. I'd like to kind of get in the business of uh, writing, producing, and, and acting in, in my own content.